moving house. It's always such a pain and a chore, getting settled into a new place, a new neighbourhood, and is always a challenge meeting the people who will become your new neighbours. But for the people that moved into 657 Boulevard in Westfield, New Jersey, moving into what was meant to be their dream home turned into a nightmare. Chilling frills, unexplained mysteries, and creepy stories that actually occurred. Welcome to Freakier Than Fiction. I'm your host Chad, and each episode, together we will dive into the world of the unknown. So, if that kind of thing interests you, and you haven't done this already, hit that follow or subscribe button, so you don't miss the next freaky episode. As this podcast is intended for mature audiences, discretion is advised. In this episode, we're looking into the real events of what is now a popular Netflix series. This is the story of The Watcher House. Derek and Maria Bradias thought they were moving into their dream house when they bought 657 Boulevard in Westfield. They began renovating the house, painting and redecorating it. However, they hadn't even moved into their new home when threatening letters signed by The Watcher began to appear in their mailbox. These letters had no return address and were only addressed to the new owners. This meant that the author of the letters had to physically deliver them by hand. The family had just closed on the home only three days ago when Derek found the first of the letters from the anonymous writer. There wasn't much in the mail except a few bills and a white card shaped envelope. It was addressed in thick clunky handwriting to the new owner and the type note began inside warmly. Dearest new neighbour at 657 Boulevard, allow me to welcome you to the neighbourhood. For Derek and Maria, buying 657 Boulevard had fulfilled a dream. Maria was raised in Westfield and the house was a few blocks from her childhood home. Derek grew up in working class Maine, then moved his way up the ladder at an insurance company in Manhattan to become a senior vice president, with a salary large enough to afford the $1.3 million home. They bought the house just after Derek celebrated his 40th birthday, and their three kids were already debating which of the house's fireplaces Santa Claus would use. But as Derek kept reading the letter from his new neighbour, it took a turn. How did you end up here? The writer asked. Did 657 Boulevard call to you with its force within? The letter went on. 657 Boulevard has been the subject of my family for decades now, and as it approaches it 110th birthday, I have been put in charge of watching and waiting for its second coming. My grandfather watched the house in the 1920s, and my father watched in the 1960s. It is now my time. Do you know the history of the house? Do you know what lies within the walls of 657 Boulevard? Why are you here? I will find out. The author's reconnaissance had already begun. The letter identified the Honda minivan that the family owned, as well as the workers renovating the home. 
I have seen that you have flooded 657 Boulevard with contractors so that you can destroy the house as it was supposed to be, the person wrote. Tisk, tisk, tisk. Bad move. You don't want to make 657 Boulevard unhappy. Earlier in the week, Derek and Maria had gone to the house and chatted with their new neighbours, while their children, who were 5, 8 and 10 years old, ran around the backyard with several kids from the neighbourhood. The letter writer seemed to have noticed. You have children. I have seen them. So far, I think there are three that I have counted, the anonymous correspondent wrote before asking if there were more on the way. Do you need to fill the house with the young blood I requested? Better for me. Was your old house too small for the growing family? Or was it greed to bring me your children? Once I know their names, I will call to them and draw them to me. The envelope had no return address. Who am I? The person wrote. There are hundreds and hundreds of cars that drive by 657 Boulevard each day. Maybe I am in one. Look at all the windows you can see from 657 Boulevard. Maybe I am in one. Look out any of the main windows in 657 Boulevard at all the people who stroll by each day. Maybe I am one. The letter concluded with a suggestion that this message would not be the last. Welcome, my friends. Welcome. Let the party begin followed by a signature typed in a cursive font. The Watcher. The note obviously disturbed the family, because it was clear that the person who wrote it had already begun surveilling them. The letter included details about the kind of car they drove, the contractors that were working on the house, and more unsettling the children. As the letters continued, the family realised they were being terrorised by this anonymous person and that they would be unrelenting in their attempt to drive the family out of the home. The Brodeuses attempted to work with the police, lawyers, and even the local council to deal with the Watcher, but ultimately their only recourse was to sell their dream home. However, selling the home that became a local sensation for being stalked and entrenched in conflict was almost as difficult as keeping it. The family tried to be transparent with new buyers about the harassment from the Watcher, which didn't bode well with potential buyers. The letters insinuated that the Watcher had been around for a long time, and would not ever leave them alone. The following passage from a letter details this threat. All of the windows and doors in 657 Boulevard allow me to watch you and track you as you move through the house. Who am I? I am the Watcher, and I have been in control of 657 Boulevard for the better part of two decades now. The Woods family turned it over to you. It was their time to move on and kindly sold it when I asked them to. I pass by many times a day. 657 Boulevard is my job, my life, my obsession. And now you are too, Brodotus family. Six months after the letters arrived, 
the family decided to sell 657 Boulevard. They initially listed it for more than they paid to reflect the renovations they'd done. But few worlds are more gossipy than suburban New Jersey real estate, and rumours had already begun to swirl about why the house sat empty. One broker emailed to say her client loved it, but there are so many unsubstantiated rumours flying around, ranging from sexual predator to stalker, that they needed to know more. The family sent a partial disclosure mentioning the letters to interested buyers and told Coldwell Banker, their realtor, that they intended to show the full letters to anyone whose offer was accepted. Several preliminary bids came in well below the asking price, but the family weren't ready to take such a financial hit, and only wanted to share the letters with likely buyers. No one got that far, even after they lowered the price. A Coldwell agent who hadn't read the letters told them in an email that they were being unnecessarily forthcoming. My friend got horribly threatening letters about her dog barking, and she didn't think to disclose, but the family insisted. I don't know how you live through what we did, and think that you could do it to somebody else, Derek said. In order to sell the property, the family had to lower their selling price significantly. In 2019, the Watcher House was finally sold for $959,000 to an anonymous buyer. The Brodeus family lost $400,000 in the sale. Although it may have cost them to leave their dream home, they were also able to rid themselves of the nightmare of the Watcher. But if you're morbidly curious to what could have possibly happened to the family had they moved into the infamous home, the Watcher, who still hasn't been identified, doesn't seem to have reached out to the current owners yet. Though, the same can't be said for nosy sightseers, as the case remains unsolved. For now, at least. Thank you so much for listening to the Freakier Than Fiction podcast. If you got something out of today's episode, and you haven't done this already, then hit that follow or subscribe button, so you don't miss the next freaky instalment. And I'd love your feedback, as it will really let me know what you think about this episode, and others that you may have already heard. So, take the time to leave a review. And tell me what you'd like me to cover in new episodes. If you want to get in touch, you can find a Linktree account in the description of this episode. And it has all the links to my social media accounts, including Facebook, Reddit, Instagram, and YouTube. I do make sure to read all my direct messages and answer them personally. So if I see you on Instagram, Facebook, Reddit, YouTube, or anywhere else, just know that I really appreciate the support. And remember, take care out there, and be aware. See you in the next episode.